When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. We are entering the dark season of the year, so if you are responsible for sensitive years, you might want to skip to a lighter, more summary episode, or listen first to check if it's okay. Light and darkness go hand in hand. As we enter the dark time of year, I had the great pleasure to attend an international storytelling conference in Denmark last week. Some of you might remember that I told you about this trip already a few weeks ago. Well, I went there and it was wonderful. Being surrounded by storytellers and all things enchantment, I felt as if I had been going through life these past few months, feeling like I'm the only one who can hear the music, and then all of a sudden find myself in a place where everybody is dancing. But light and darkness do go hand in hand. So amidst all this joy was one eerie incident. I did not see it coming at all, not even the fog that heavily veiled the sky until lunchtime that day tipped me off. No, it was a day particularly filled with magic and wonder, so I wasn't worried about anything else but getting cold when I stepped outside the hotel after nightfall. My head was spinning and buzzing from the festive dinner we'd just had. After the dessert plates were cleared away, someone cranked up the music and everyone started dancing when I slipped out into the night for a quiet moment to myself. My steps took me through the cobbled streets, past rows of houses that even at night looked as if someone with impeccable taste had hand-picked them from the collection of most picturesque buildings on the planet and carefully set them there, one next to another, to form the alleys that would give dreamers like me a break from the dull reality of their lives and a glimpse into a fairy tale like world. I left the town centre and went down to the harbour, where it was quieter still, no sound but my steps on the pavement and the water lapping on the boats. Some of them looked as if they had sailed straight out of the 18th century to moor at that marina. It was exactly the kind of calm I had needed, and I was so content that I did not notice the figure that slipped out of the shadows and followed me until I heard her breathing coming up behind me and she grabbed my arm. The first storyteller for this episode is Liz Weir from Northern Ireland. She's a storyteller and mentor extraordinaire, as well as a well-known favorite on the podcast and in the storytelling world. She has been telling stories for many decades and was appointed member of the British Empire for her services to the arts and education. 
For this episode, she kindly recorded the story Where is my hairy toe? A request by our listener Madison Wagner. This is a short and classic tale, so listen well and tell it to someone else this season. If you do, we would love to hear from you how it went, and perhaps the person you told it to will tell it to someone else, and so that story can travel around the world. One dark October afternoon, an old lady was walking home to her cottage. She'd been out in the woods, collecting nuts and berries, and as she came along the path, she saw something lying in the leaves. She bent down and picked it up, and it was a hairy toe. It was large, covered in meat, and she thought that would make me a good supper. So she took the hairy toe home, she put it in a pot, she cooked it, and she ate it. That night she went to bed. But as the wind began to blow, she heard a voice say, Where's my hairy toe? Who's got my hairy toe? She shivered. She thought she was imagining things. She scooched down under the covers. She tried to get to sleep again, but the voice again said, Where's my hairy toe? Who's got my hairy toe? She slipped out of bed. She made sure the door was locked. Oh, she was surely safe. She even managed to go to sleep again. But she woke up and heard movement in the room. And the voice again said, Where's my hairy toe? Who's got my hairy toe? And at last she found her voice and she said, I ate it. Yes, she did. They never saw the old woman again. Nobody knew where she went. The only thing the neighbours found the next morning was a huge footprint outside her door. And the big toe was missing from that footprint. It is Lighten Up by Stingy Jack. Brighten the dark time of year with Lighten Up by Stingy Jack. Lost soul turned light worker, Stingy Jack offers concept lighting for all needs. Bedroom illuminations to shine the way through dark dreams. Stylish ambient lights to brighten the mood in any living area or outdoor lighting to ensure that you and all your lost souls find their way home through the dark night. In this special time of year, there is of course also the seasonal Halloween collection. Pumpkins with faces from fiendish to friendly, shapes from spooky to stylish, as well as the popular limited edition solar-powered turnip inspired by the infamous original one. For travelers and wanderers, there are Stingy Jack's Will-O-Wisps fitting into any pocket, shining bright through the night for a guaranteed 342 hours before needing recharge. For an extra fee, you can purchase any lighting device with a special light bulb. Its gleam is proven to ward off any dark spirits that might roam the land after dusk. Lighten up by Stingy Jack. All the light you need to get through the dark. This episode is also brought to you by our wonderful patrons Nawel, Elizabeth and Reddick. Not only are they delightful patrons of the arts, they also have a magical ability. Nawel can make broken things whole, 
be it teeth, bubbles, vases or hearts. Shimmering pearls will fall from Elizabeth's eyes when she is deeply moved to tears and golden coins from her mouth when she is truly amused. Reddick has the magical ability to bake brownies to perfection every time, crunchy on the outside, gooey on the inside. Help us reach our goal of 200 patrons by the end of the year and become a patron today. If you sign up now, you'll get a postcard featuring one of the delightful fairy tale sponsor images and a lovely message from Rachel Ann before Christmas. Become a member of the patron team by going to patreon.com forward slash storystorypodcast or storystorypodcast.com. A glowing thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. You're the sparkling morning dew on our autumnal fields. I nearly jumped out of my skin into the water. Wait, she breathed. I turned around to look at my pursuer and found myself face to face with a young woman. Her skin was pale as the moon, a stark contrast to the dark wisps of hair that curled from under the hood of her cloak. Her eyes were wide, and as she searched my face, her face fell and she began to cry. I was so hoping it would be him, she sobbed. I was so hoping he would come. Big, shiny tears fell from her eyes. I gently put a hand on her shoulder. You were hoping I was who? I asked. My love, she sobbed. My love, he promised he would come. He said we would go away together. Her voice broke and she threw herself into my arms, weeping uncontrollably. Would you like me to help you? I asked softly as her hot tears soaked my coat. Is there anyone I can call for you? No, she replied and pulled away. No, no one can help me now. With that, she abruptly shoved me aside and vanished in the darkness running towards the end of the pier. I did not sleep well that night, tossing and turning, thinking about that young woman and her fate. The next morning at breakfast, I bumped into the organizer of the festival, a lovely local storyteller. Good morning, she said as we both poured a glass of elderflower juice. You look like you've had quite the night. Did you stay up late dancing? Oh no... I replied, stifling a yawn. Quite the opposite. I had the strangest experience last night. I went out to the harbor and... I stopped at the look on her face. Did you encounter her? She asked under her breath. Her? Yes, the ghost of Svenboa Harbor. A young woman wearing a hooded cloak, dark curls, face as pale as the moon. Speechless, I nodded, and she went on to tell me the tragic tale of two star-crossed lovers who lived in the town centuries ago, when it was a hub of maritime business. They wanted to run away together, but on the night of their escape he vanished. No one ever found out why, and out of desperation, she threw herself into the icy waters. It was a tragedy that shook the whole community, even more so when suddenly 
Young men began to disappear at random during the night by the port. Only a handful of skilled swimmers made it back to the shore, all telling a wild tale of a young woman who threw herself into their arms crying, My love, my love, and then dragging them into the cold embrace of the sea. A chill ran down my spine, the kind of chill you'll never forget. I left that same day, so I didn't get a chance to go back to the harbor once more. But when the train pulled out of that picturesque little town by the sea, I looked back onto the port, to the old boats, and said a silent prayer that the young woman and her lover may be reunited at last, and that time forever after. The second teller for this episode is Tim Lowry. He says that a well-told story is the pure cane sugar and the sweet tea of life. And today, he shares with us the tale of Mutzmeg. Once there was these three girls named Paul and Betts and Mutzmeg. Now, Paul and Betts, they was real pretty girls, but they weren't too smart. Then they was Mutzmeg. She was real smart, but Lord bless her, she weren't too purty. And them three girls, Paul, Betts, and Mutzmeg, they loved their mama. They loved their mama to death. And when their mama died, she give all her worldly goods to them youngins of hern. She give Paul and Betts a big old cabbage patch of their own. And she give Mutzmeg a butcher knife that she kept for slicing bacon and such. That was all the worldly goods she had, and she left them things to them three youngins. And when their mama was dead and buried, Paul and Betts fell into that cabbage patch, and they was a-eating and a-gomming and slurping and slopping and carrying on poor little old Mutt's Meg. She was standing out there by the gate saying, Can't I leastways have a bite? And they'd say, No, you crazy old thing. Mama, give you a butcher knife. Chew on that a while. Well, you can't chew on a butcher knife. Mutt's Meg was starting to get hungry and didn't know what she was going to do to feed herself. And then when Paul and Betts eat up all that cabbage, they started off down the road to seek their fortune. And Mutzmeg, she's a-begging to go with them. She said, can't I leastways go with you? They said, no, you crazy old thing, get away from here, leave us alone. But she kept on a-begging and a-begging. And finally, they said that she could come with them. She begged to go because she didn't want to get left by her own self. They said, but you can't be our sister no more. You got to be our servant girl and do everything we say. Well, she went along with it. And so they started off down the road, the three of them, and they walked and they walked and they walked. They walked down the dirt road till they come up to the highway. They walked on the highway till they come up to the big state road. And they walked on the state road till they plumb out of the country. Finally, they needed them a place to spend the night. Well, they looked off to the side of the road and way off into some trees there, they seen a little house and there was a candle burning in the window. So when they made their way down the path through them trees and up to that house, and Paul and Betts, they shoved Mutzmeg behind them, and they said, Now you just hush up, let us do all the talking. They pecked on the door. This little old woman come to the door, and she said, Yes? What do you want? Paul and Betts, they said, uh, uh, Our names is Paul and Betts, and, and we're travelers looking for us a place to stay. And This your girl, this ain't our sister, this is Mutzmeg, and she's our servant girl. She has to do everything we say. And uh, we need us a place to spend the night. 
And we seen you light in the window. Do you take in travelers? Oh, yes, yes, I take in travelers. We ain't got money to pay. Uh, so uh, if Mutzmeg can do some work for you to pay for our keep, she could sweep your floor or take care of things in the kitchen for you. Oh, yes, I need somebody that can sweep up. That'll be fine. Come on in. And we won't eat no food, because we ain't got money to pay for food, so we don't want to trouble you none. Oh, no, no, I like young'uns that eats good. I like good eating young'uns. Come on in. Come right on in. Well, that old woman was real good to Paul, Betts, and Mutz, Meg, and she give them all kind of good food, give them big old hunks of yeller cake and jars of buttermilk to slurp it down with, and then after they is fed up good, she give them white nightgowns to put on and told them there's a big old four-poster bed up in the sleeping loft where they could sleep. So them three girls, they climbed up the ladder into the sleeping loft, and there's two big beds up in there. In one bed, there's three girls already asleep. Them three girls was that old woman's youngins. And then there's another bed on the other side. So Paul, Betts, and Mutzmeg, they climbed up in that bed and put the kivers right up to their chin. And Paul and Betts went right off to sleep. But Mutzmeg, she lay there awake. She was missing the comforts of home and missing her mama. And she lay there listening to all the sounds she heard in that strange place. Down below, she could hear that old woman's rocking chair creaking back and forth as she rocked right there in her chair by the fire. She could hear her knitting needles clicking together as she worked on her handwork. And then after a while, she heard something outside of that house. She heard heavy bootsteps coming up the gravel path. She heard them heavy bootsteps come right up the front porch steps. She heard the door latch lift up and the door creak open. She heard a voice say, Where's my supper? Mutzmeg jumped out of bed, run to the edge of the sleeping loft and peeped over and she seen a big old booger man standing there. He had long black greasy hair hanging down past his shoulders, big old ugly warty face and he was a hollering at that old woman cause she ain't got him up nothing to eat. Now the woman said, oh now I got you something to eat. I got three fine pullets right up there in the sleeping loft. If you'll grab them three girls by the hair of the head and wring their necks for me, <laughs> I'll fry them up for your supper. How am I going Tell them from your three girls, said that big old booger man. Oh, that's easy. My three girls got nightcaps on their head. Well, when Mutzmeg heard that, she run over to that other four-poster bed and snatched them nightcaps off them three young'uns, put one on her own head, one on them two cisterns of hern, and she jumped back into bed and pretended to be asleep. Well, that booger man, he socked his hand up in that sleeping loft, and he come down on them nightcaps, so he left them girls alone. He reached over on the other side and he felt of three bareheaded youngins. He snatched them up by the hair of the head. And oh, then the screaming and the hollering and the kicking and the crying and carrying on. When that old woman seen he'd snatched up the wrong girls, she grabbed up the suit ladle and she was a pounding that old feller in the head. And he's a hollering and a cussing. And while they were a fitting and a fussing and a fighting, Mutzmeg jumped out of bed. She took that knife her mama had give her and she cut up all of them bed sheets and tied them together with knots and made herself a big long rope. And she let herself down out the window from the sleeping loft and popped and bets come down behind her and they took off a running 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 until by morning they is far away from that place they run up to a big old castle where a king lived and that king took them in and he told them all about that old booger man and that old witch woman that he is married to he said that witch woman had stole a big white horse of his'n 
and he'd tried every way in the world to get that horse back, but she wouldn't let it loose. He said that booger man the witch woman was married to was worser than she was, because if he caught you, he'd cook you and eat you for his supper. Well, Mutzmeg asked that king what he'd give to get that white horse back. King said he'd give a big sack of gold. <laughs> Paul and Bet said, those two purdy to go on some crazy witch hunt. They wasn't going to do it. But Mutzmeg said she would do it. So she went right back down the road to that old witch's house. When she seen that old witch out in the garden a working, she slipped in the house and hid herself right in a chimney corner amongst the shadows where nobody could see her good. That night when the witch woman was a-cooking a big pot of soup, every time she'd turn to get something to put in that soup, Mutzmeg would hop out from her hiding place, grab up the salt shaker, and pour some salt in that soup. Then she'd pop back into the shatters, and that old witch woman would stir that soup around, and then when she turned around to get something else, Mutzmeg would hop out and she'd pour more salt in that soup, hop back in the shatters, and that old witch woman would stir that soup around. Pretty soon, Mutzmeg had turned that soup into a big old salty brine. When the booger man come home for his supper, he had a spoon the size of a coal shovel. He poked it down in the soup pot and slurped up some of that soup. And then he said, You done ruin this soup, old woman. You put too much salt in it. No, no, I just put a pinch of salt in that. No, you done ruined it. Tastes awful, like a mouthful of pickle juice. Go down the river and get me a bucket of water to slurp down. I gotta wash this taste out of my mouth. Oh, I can't go down to the river now on account it's dark, and I'm scared of the dark. Ah, throw out your light ball. That old witch woman had her a magic light ball, and she flung that light ball down to the river bank, but Mutzmeg was there, awaiting for it, and she caught it on the end of her knife and squinched it out in the water. When that old witch come down there with a bucket, she couldn't see where she is going. She tripped over a root, bloop, fell in the river, and drowned herself. Mutzmeg run to the barn. When she opened up the barn door, there was that big old white horse that that witch had stolen from the king. It was tied with a rope, had 13 knots on it. Well, Mutzmeg, she didn't have time to untie all them knots, so she got out her butcher knife, and she started cutting through that rope. And while she was a-cutting through that rope, that a horse was a-standing there, but he got a little spooked. He was wearing a silver bridle, had all kind of little bells all over it, and that horse jerked his head up, and all them little bells went, and that big booger man up at the house, he heard them bells, and he come a-running down to the barn. He flung the barn door open, he said, mm-hmm. Somebody in here a-messin' with my horse. But Mutzmeg was hid behind the barn door. So the booger man went back up to the house, and Mutzmeg went back to a-sawin' them knots with that knife. She is almost ready to cut through that rope when that horse jerked up his head again and all them little bells went... Big booger man come back down to the barn. He flung the barn door open. He said, mm-hmm. There's somebody in here a-messin' with my horse. And he looked right behind the barn door. But Mutzmeg was hid up in the hayloft. So he went back up to the house. She climbed down from the loft. She went back to sawing on them knots on that rope. And that old horse jerked up his head again. Them bells went. Booger man come back down there. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going to find you. Somebody in here are messing with my horse. He looked behind the barn door. He looked up in the hayloft. But Mutzmeg was hid right up and under the horse's tail. That booger man got ready to go, and before he left the barn, he started to pet that horse. He petted it on the top of the head, and he run a big warty hand down its neck. 
He run a hand across its withers, long its back. He got ready to slap that horse on the rump, and he said, look a there. My horse got too many legs in the hind end. He jerked up the horse's tail, and there stood Mutsmeg. He grabbed a hold of her. He said, mm-hmm, I gotcha. Now I'm going to cook you and eat you. He stuffed her down in a sack, carried her up to the house, and hung that sack up on a hook in the kitchen. Then he had to figure on how he was going to cook Mutsmeg. His old woman always did all the cooking, and now that she had drowned herself, he had to figure it out for his own self. Old Mutsmeg, she's up there swinging back and forth in that sack. She said, Mr. Boogerman, maybe you could boil me in a pot. How come you want to get boiled in a pot? Oh, says Mutsmeg, I ain't had a bath today and I'm kind of dirty. If you used to boil me in a pot, it'd clean me up good. If that's what you want, that ain't what you're going to get. Well, how about you fry me in a pan? How come you want to get fried in a pan? Well, it's kind of cold and drafty in this kitchen. If you used to fry me in a pan, it'd warm me up good and help me be more comfortable. If that's what you want, that ain't what you're going to get. I don't care what you do, said Mutsmeg, swinging up in that sack. You can do whatever you want, old booger man. As long as you don't beat me with a club. How come you don't want to get beat with a club? Oh, says Mutsmeg, if you used to beat me with a club, my bones would pop and crack like dishes are breaking. I'd howl like dogs and cats are fighting, and my blood would drip like honey. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds good. That's what you're going to get. And old booger man, he lit out the house to go get him a club. When he went to get a club, Mutsmeg took her knife and sliced that sack open and climbed out. She run around in the kitchen. In the cupboard, she found some white chiny plates. She stuffed them up in that sack. And out on the porch, as a blue tick hound dog and a yellow cat, she snatched up them varmints and stuck them up in that sack behind them plates. And then she found a big old honey pot a sitting there next to the kitchen sink. She picked up that honey pot and stuffed it up in the sack. And then she took needle and thread and stitched that sack up right quick, run down to the barn, cut that horse loose, got up on that horse, and took off down the road. That booger man come back from the woods. He jerked an oak tree up out of the side of the mountain to use for his club. Had the tree limbs a-flinging off one end and the roots a-flopping off the other. And he's a-whirling that thing around. He said, now nah, I'm going to beat you with this your club. And he whopped in the side of that sack. And all them dishes started to pop and break. He said, oh yeah, that's her bones a-breaking like chiny dishes a-popping and a-cracking. He whopped into it again. That old hound dog went, Row! and the cat said, Row! That's her howling like dogs and cats are fighting. He busted that honey pot open, and the honey was a dripping out the bottom of that sack. He said, "Mm, "Yeah, that's her blood running like honey." When that old booger man emptied that sack out, whoo! The hound dog bit him in the backside, and that cat was a clawing him in the face. He knowed he'd been tricked. He took off after Mutts Meg, but she'd gotten way ahead of him on that big white horse and had crossed the river and tied that horse off in the brush. When the booger man got down there to the river, he seen Mutsmeg sitting on the other side. She's sitting there on the opposite bank on a great big old flat rock. Big old booger man, he said, how'd you get across this here river? Mutsmeg said, well, you see this big old rock? I picked a hole in the middle of it, tied a rope to the rock, and then tied it round my neck and skittered it across. And that's how I got over here. Don't you go nowhere, said that big booger man. He run and got himself a rock. He pecked a hole through the middle of it, tied a rope around it, tied the other end of the rope round his neck, flung it out there in the river, and that heavy rock drug him down, and he drowned himself. Then Mutsmeg climbed back on that big white horse and rode off to the king's castle. That king gave her a big sack of gold for getting his horse back, 
And Mutt's Meg and Paul and Betts, they live good after that. Paul and Betts, they was purty, <laughs> but they still's dumb as ever. Mutt's Meg, she was smart, and with her money, she bought some makeup. And that was the end of that. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Liz Weir at lizweir.org and Tim Lowry at storytellertimlowry.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. We are still in strange times for performing artists, but the opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling are abundant. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know that you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? You can also connect with me at isabelhauser.com. While you're there, let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was the month of October. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was my visit to Svenbo in Denmark and indeed a nightly walk through the town. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then... Live happily ever after. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, When the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal.